Med Family is a show about a family journeying through medical school with kids and navigating married life. Tag along to see how we got here and where this journey is taking us. Hello, welcome to another week of our podcast, Med Family. I'm your host, Eric Acker, with Karen and Evelyn. Uh, so if you hear next to voice, it's just our little baby trying to let her presence be known. <laughs> She's currently sucking down a bottle uh, of milk. Yeah, uh, so hopefully you don't hear that in the background, but if you do, we apologize. Yeah, so this week, um, really just wanted to cover uh, what we've been doing in neurology. We started that last week, and we're going to, of course, have that for the next few weeks. And then uh, I'm not sure if we had really much else on the docket to talk about this week. Um, but yeah, just... Kind of finishing up, or well, doing neurology, looking forward to the next couple of rotations that we have. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> any updates that we can think of along the way, we'll try to update. So, essentially, we are doing a neurology rotation, which um, was recommended to me by Dr. Zubro, who's our, um, he's our advisor for our fourth-year electives. And he recommended a lot, a lot to a lot of students to do neurology, radiology, and emergency medicine, uh, and so I'm finally getting around to one, at least one of those, and that's the neurology rotation, and that's being taught by a preceptor up in Macon. Uh, I talked a little bit about him last week, um, just very briefly, and really honestly, a lot of uh, what I'm going to talk about today is just kind of uh, expounding upon a lot of that personality trait. He, he definitely wants to try to teach and he definitely wants to be um, like pushing students. He doesn't want students to just kind of go through the motions. So I will grant him uh, that <laughs> for the rotation that I definitely feel like he is trying to challenge students in some way or another and having um, so trying to ha- having learning opportunities. I I have some critiques and I you know, I try to keep this podcast relatively positive. Um, uh, I know there's good and bad in medicine, and I think uh, the listener or the viewer should have uh, all aspects of it, but I think, in all fairness, I, I need to kind of keep chugging through the rotation and not be super-duper negative, at least not today, and uh, we can reflect back on it after the rotation's over, done, done and over with, but um, some basic ideas that I think we've come across at least some overarching th- themes that seem to ring true is just relatively just re- and he's sorry i'm stumbling here but it, it revolves around etiquette uh, when it comes to some of these away rotations especially ones like this one uh, is a rotation that has other students from other schools and it it can be really tough i think because by the by your fourth year in medical school you're you're kind of tired you you're a little bit burnt. You're starting to get a little bit burned out in the medical school thing, and you're certainly getting a little bit burned out of these rotations. And you kind of just, you the finish line is just right there. Like I, I can see match <laughs> in the near future, and I just want to be done with this. So I think there's a lot of um, how, how do I say this? How, uh, there's a lot of um, opportunity to air out grievances, <laughs> um, or. 
yeah, and I think that's probably the best way to say it. Is like there's opportunities for people to, people to air out grievances, and especially if it's about the school, or if it's about other rotations or other stuff like that, and just from somebody who's kind of coming on the receiving end of this, I think a lot of times students might have this urge to do this, and it's kind of born out of a, like the preceptor is very welcoming of you airing out the grievances and they seems to be in agreement, and he sometimes is actually initiating some of the grievances and so you kind of feel like you're kind of part of the group you're you're in the in crowd you're talking about you all have the same complaints or very similar ones and um i don't know my, my advice is please for the love of god stop it uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do you not do not trash the institution that you are eventually going to graduate from because you are eventually going to want to hold that that uh, institution up as the reason why you should have a job, why the reason you should get a residency. And if if your the medical community is a relatively small community, so um, <laughs> we come from so we come from the Caribbean a Caribbean school. And those obviously have negative connotations associated with it. You do not have to go very far on the internet to find anything like that. You do not have to go very far to find people trashing Caribbean schools. And, hey, made it four years into the school. There's, again, pluses and minuses. There's things that I wish were different. There are things that I wish uh, could be improved. You know, I think that could be improved upon in the future. But I we, we need... Like, we need to look at sometimes the bright side of things. Like we are getting the medical school education. We are um, competing with USMDs, and you know you can argue whether or not um, you know the book learning and the textbooks that we use are the same in the MD programs. We can argue whether or not we have point of care ultrasound incorporated into our curriculum, whereas some some medical schools are incorporating that, uh, etc. But to to go to a preceptor who is maybe potentially has biases against Caribbean students and is taking students at a USMD and Caribbean, um, you know, IMG students, and then just to air out the grievances, it just makes it really hard for students coming behind you because now you have a preceptor who's, like, feeling empowered or feeling uh, vindicated. He, he feels like... He's been, uh, basically all his concerns that he has about the Caribbean Medical School have been... Validated. Validated. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's been a long week. Um, it's only Tuesday. Uh, yeah, like all his opinions have been validated because these students have come in and they've aired out their grievances. And he's like, yeah, it is what I think it is. And... Then the next student comes, and it's, I think it just kind of keeps building off of one after the next, where he feels like the opinion gets lower and lower. And then, like, it, on top of that, it's like, I don't think people realize that sometimes, like, these preceptors think that you, because you, what is it, you know, like, you might be going to this institution and might have all these grievances, and in your mind, you're going, that's the institution's problem, not my problem. I'm a great student. But... What does it say about you that you go to this institution that you you think is so terrible? <laughs> like, um, all you're doing is basically saying, I think this institution is terrible, it produces terrible doctors, 
and I go to it, so therefore I'm a terrible doctor. And I don't think that's true at all. I, I, I will say that straight out. I don't think that's true that the school I go to is bad. I don't think it, I, there are always things that need to be improved upon, like regardless of what school or institution you go to, any student could tell you probably a list of things that could be improved upon in, in their viewpoint. And that's, I think, very true for uh, students at our school as well. So I'm not saying that there's, there's not justifiable grievances or there's not justifiable things that you wish that would be better, but like by validating someone's opinion that the school is not good and they how they how low of opinion they hold for Caribbean schools in general just makes it so much harder for students coming behind you when all that the person seems to exude is kind of contempt <laughs> and. They, I, there's always that undertone that you're just not good enough, you're not a good doctor, you're not going to be a good doctor. And yeah. so it's like that's just really the last thing you want on a rotation is just feeling like every day you're, you're being looked down upon and judged. And like, I'm there to learn, I'm there to... And I'm, not, and I'm not trying to trash my rotation, so I, I, you can read between the lines, I'm sure. But it is a rough rotation, I think, in part because of previous students who have gone through have made it hard and like we're maybe and again there's also that other aspect like we're in our fourth year we do know a lot but we're also kind of getting a little lazy we don't have a shelf exam we're not really staying up on our information and so we get we kind of roll into this rotation you know after i mean a couple of relaxing rotations and now we're having to work and we're being asked questions and we're just not doing a good job so there's that too, and I'm guilty of that. I'm totally, de I'm definitely guilty of that. I've had <laughs> rotations where I'm like, I don't really have to work real hard, so I'm going to relax, like you might as well. But then you get into this one, and you're like, oh my gosh, he's really challenging me and trying to push my knowledge in different ways, and that's good. I, I like learning, but I'm probably not making a good representation for my school at this point, and that... Which is, I guess, I think it's fine as long as you don't, like, add a little extra fuel where you're just like, oh, yeah, we're all terrible. <laughs> you just don't want, I mean, just resist the urge. Uh, that's, all, that's all I would say. It's just like, it, the urge is there, just resist it. You, I mean, if someone wants to talk about it, let them talk about it. You do not have to join them. And that's, that's probably a lesson I'm learning on this rotation. Um, this is maybe more of a self-reflection of me is, like, uh, I have a tendency to, um, a couple of different tendencies on rotations. One is if a question is asked, I want to try to answer it and I want to make an effort and I have a process. I t tend to kind of talk until I get to the end point, I talk until I feel like I get to the result. Uh, my problem with that in this rotation is that my preceptor wants very specific answers and uh, he wants us to be very specific in how we answer. And so my process is kind of like I'm wandering the desert with Moses here and we're circling things and eventually I'm going to get to Jerusalem. But <laughs> uh, I've made a few circles. I've definitely doubled back at least three times and that that irritates my preceptor and he, he constantly kind of calls me out on that and not being very precise and it's uh, plenty of times that's true there's a few times I, I would I you know I would say I, I would argue that I was not imprecise but you know that's another component to this conversation <laughs> today um, 
So I, I have to work on being more precise. And then I think there's also a confidence level, just being confident and know, you know what I know and actually start talking. Because um, sometimes it's just, I don't know, it's very hard where, you, where you've been hit down. You slap down a few times and you're just like, uh, do I actually know that that's a bone on this stupid MRI? I'm just going <laughs> to, I don't know anything apparently. Um, yeah, so those those. And the other aspect I, I, which I alluded to is sometimes when the preceptor is downtime and the preceptor is acting a little bit more chatty, then sometimes you have this opportunity to, to have a little bit of back and forth in conversation with the preceptor. Um, and sometimes I also, <laughs> I, I, I t tend to be a more politically minded individual. And so like we were having a conversation on... Uh, the attributes of college education and whether or not everybody should um, go to college or if only, you know, only people who have a direction should go to college or uh, there's some kind of high ideals being de debated. But I just, I felt like it was a safe conversation. I mean, he asked me what my plans were with our, our kids and I explained what me and Karen had talked about with, as far as the kids go. And uh, he disagreed and then we got into a discussion. It wasn't, it wasn't an argument or anything. He presented his side, I presented mine. And I thought, okay, we're just exchanging ideas and this is just a political conversation. It has nothing to do with medicine. I, I don't I feel like I can go out on a limb here and kind of present my my point of view and he can present his point of view and of course we have Chris in the middle it's very quiet but <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, looking now looking at it, looking back at it like kind of how this whole last week or so has gone and it's like I kind of regret that uh, I, <laughs> you know my initial idea was thought process was like he's He's treating me uh, sort of like an equal or as a peer of sorts, which is not true. That's not the relationship we have. And, you know, I, I come from a different background where I'm, I'm perfectly happy to debate the merits of people's arguments. And as long as you don't come across as a terrible human being, I, I don't, and as long as, you know, as long as in that conversation, you don't basically say you club baby seals and <laughs> murder, uh, you know, kick small rodents around. Generally speaking, I don't think that you're a terrible person. You just have a different viewpoint or you come to a different understanding of the world around us. And again, as long as you're not doing something inherently evil, I generally don't walk away from those conversations thinking any less of the individual. Uh, that's not true for everybody else. Uh, I think sometimes, and, it's not, and I'm not trying to just, you know, I think that's just a general statement. It's not saying like my attending thinks, I, I don't know what my attending really thinks of me. Um, but I, I think that left the door open where he does feel like it's okay to kind of pick at me a little bit more. And I, I do tend to get a little bit more of the brunt of a lot of jokes. And uh, some of the jokes don't feel like so much jokes. Uh, so it's, it, make, it made for kind of a rough, rough week. Um, and I, and I, looking back at it, it's like I probably should have just kept my mouth shut. Uh, let him talk, let him explain his worldview points as much as he wanted and not and kind of be more of the inquisitive type and just ask questions and listen to his answers and not necessarily debate. Uh, that's something I have to work on a little bit. Um, not having recognized that on the onset, that's kind of on me. Uh, um, on the other side of that, like, I, I was having like a particularly rough day 
yesterday, I would say. I, 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 I was not having any fun. Uh, I, I, I kind of came home in a bad mood, and all I kept thinking to myself is, uh, when I'm usually in a bad mood, Karen has told me, you can tell you're in a bad mood. Like, I wear it on my face. <laughs> and, and which kind of got me thinking, it's like, as much as maybe I'm not enjoying this rotation, and maybe I'm not, I'm just not gelling with my preceptor, uh, whatever the reason is, it's like, I still have, you know, two and a half more weeks of this rotation. I'm still learning stuff, and I still want to continue to learn things. Uh, and I certainly don't want the rotation to take a turn and, like, every day be like yesterday. Every day be terrible and miserable. And at the end of four long, hard weeks, you know, the preceptor rights fail on my evaluation. Like, that would be a nightmare. Uh, so, it uh, got me thinking that, like, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I'm approaching this rotation wrong. Maybe I'm being a little too confrontational. Maybe I'm not confrontational, but um, I'm argumentative or I'm trying to debate him on topics. Or I'm trying to engage him in conversation. And I just need to stop that. I need to be quiet. I need to just do, you know, put my head down, do the work, answer questions that I know I can answer and, you know, participate at the level I need to participate at, but not feed the fire. Like if I am just jumping in and adding commentary to something, I'm just going to feed a fire. Or if I, if I sense that maybe the conversation is just kind of fraught with trip minds and is a, it's going to be an ambush later, you know, in a minute here, like don't answer, don't say, don't say anything, just keep your mouth shut and do your work. Um, and you know, by the end of the four weeks, I will have learned plenty of things in neurology. I would be much better at neurology than I was on day one, and I will have a pass. <laughs> so, uh, you know, because obviously we want to get to the end of these electives, and failing an elective is uh, downright a terrible idea. So, uh, just kind of a change of mentality going into today. Uh, it's not to say that today didn't have its uh, ups and downs, but it was certainly a much nicer day than yesterday was. So I, I don't know. I, any. Well, I think yesterday you just had a hard time because you felt like, in, in a sense, he was kind of picking on the, fam, the family. Um, and we have, you have never used the excuse of a family as, as being a reason why you do well or do bad, well or, or, bad or, <laughs> or anything. And so... Um, yeah, that that particular instance, I mean, it, it's something, something I try to take a little bit... I, I don't hide the fact that I have a family. We have a podcast called Med Family. Um, but uh, we don't. I don't hide the fact that I have a family. But generally, like, if I am on a rotation and I miss a question or I just completely fail at something and they ask me, like, why don't you know this or what what's going on here... I don't go back and say, well, I have five kids at home. I don't sleep very much, and I'm busy with taking care of family that I don't have time to study. Like, that is just not a good excuse. Like, that's, that's just not an excuse a med student can have. Because at the end of the day, you need to know the material. You need to know the stuff. Um, because, again, I say it's not a good excuse because no other med student has that excuse. Uh, like, a single med student isn't going to be like, well, I have a family at home, and I, therefore I can't study. Like, you know, there are good ex legitimate excuses, like you didn't give me time to study that, or uh, that's way, way above my knowledge level at this point, or, you know, various things. But 
Like, I don't want my family to be viewed as a detriment to my medical school. And so that's why I, I have this schedule that I do have. That's why I study the way I do study so that I can keep up with my peers because I still, at the end of the day, want to be a good doctor. And this is relatively how I explained it to my, uh, my friend Chris is that, you know, I don't want people to be like, oh, he's a nice guy. Dumb as a rock, but a nice guy. Like, well, that, that's not the guy you go to to get treatment from. That's Because you get treatment from that guy, you get killed. Uh, that's the guy you go and have drinks with. You know, that's the guy you go hang, hang out and play games with. I want to be the guy who is knowledgeable and relatable. Like, I, I want some people to be able to put their faith in me. I want my patients to feel confident that I know what I'm doing. So if I don't know something, if I, if I trip up and fail... I'm going to get, pick myself back up and try to figure out where I went wrong and, and correct it, but I'm never going to use my family as an excuse because I don't want that. And that, why that kind of comes up is that yesterday um, during one of the procedures, one of the appointments that we had, a patient asked about, well, we were being pimped uh, during the entire time. And at the end of it, the doctor, the preceptor, asked the patient who was there the entire time, uh, to guess how old we were, and then to guess how many kids we had. And I don't know if it was intended to lead the witness. I think a lot of times when you ask questions in a certain manner, um, like, okay, well, based on your, what you just witnessed, which of these people have kids? And it wasn't like a, a, a pediatric pimping session. It was on just basic neurology. And then the, uh, you kind of lead the patient to decide okay, well, based off how they answered questions and how well those questions were received by the attending indicates um, maybe what your preconceived notions are of parents or of the time that parents have. So in this particular patient, uh, in her preconceived notion is that parents are very busy with their kids. They're up all night taking care of their kids and they lack study time because of that. And so therefore, if I lack study time, therefore I must have answered questions more questions incorrectly. So she correctly identified me as the person who had kids, uh, which kind of sucked because uh, like, I wasn't doing well. Neurology is not my, my strong suit, but I, I certainly would not go, well, the correlation to why I suck is because I have kids. Uh, <laughs> so that, that bothers me a little bit. And, and again, I don't want to say that that was the, the attending's purpose behind that question, but that's essentially kind of how I walked away from that question. That series of questions was like, he just kind of led the witness to basically tell me that because I have kids, I'm going to be dumb and I'm not going to be a good doctor. Uh, and that, and that, I think that's a kind of goes hand in hand with some of the, and again, I'm not saying, I can't say for sure that the attending thinks that, but I think that mentality does exist in medicine. And that's why, uh, why my, advisor when he looked at my personal statement advised me to maybe do not include talking about my family because some programs don't want you don't want to hear about the family because they think the family can be a drawback and you know there may be some truth in some ways of how you it depends on how you organize uh, how you are disciplined uh, whether or not a family can cause uh, disruptions to medical um, school education but I, th that mentality bugs me a little because I, I, I understand that there are pitfalls and there are time constraints and there are time demands that I have because I am a father and I do have a family. So I'm not ignoring the reality of that. 
Um, but we have worked through those to and created a schedule, created a kind of a discipline, discipline timeline, where I'm still putting in the work and putting in the effort. We still have all the opportunities to do just as well as my peers. And when I don't, that's on me. Um, that's not on the family. So that um, is my long-winded rant, I guess. <laughs> um, so needless to say, yesterday didn't go spectacular today went a little bit better um and i'm hoping that as we kind of feel each other out a little bit more um i'm sure i wore my um frustration out on my shoulder you know um, you know as i say i wore my my frustration on my sleeve yesterday and i'm sure my attending noticed that um i don't know if he cared but that's not Again, that's not really... <laughs> anyway, um, so as we kind of keep going forward, I'm hoping that maybe we just find a different way to work with each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just need to get through this four weeks, learn a whole bunch of stuff about neurology, get that pass, move on to my next rotation. Yeah. And just to go back to the initial, um, be careful of what you say and to whom, this preceptor used to work at a in admissions at a medical college so again the medical community is small you don't know who you're working with and who you're working for and so just be cognizant of that because as much as he's no longer in that position of power of deciding who is going where and who they're going to accept you do know that he's well connected within that, and so you want you want these doctors to think highly of your school and who they turn out because you're wanting that. It, obviously, Eric's not going to ask for a letter of recommendation. <laughs> We've already submitted everything for match and whatnot, and they don't seem to mesh well as um, personalities. Personalities, but. Um, that being said, you do, you do want everyone to look favorably at your institution, and every institution is going to have something that a student doesn't like about it. I I mean on on a motherhood forum today, I had there was a lady that was asking for advice, and it was because her husband was going to be moving around for all of his rotations because he's in a U.S. medical school, so. She and the kids are going to be staying um, at the in-laws in the basement and whatnot. And she had she had questions. And so people were offering all this advice. But, like, even she was frustrated with, I don't know why he has to go to all of these different states. And, like, that's something that is not something we had to deal with. Because all of, all of Eric's third-year rotations were in Georgia. And we had the opportunity to do away rotations for fourth year, but if if we chose to, Eric could have done all of his fourth year rotations in Georgia. So we were blessed in that way to be able to stay together as a family unit, whereas this U.S. medical school, they're not going to have that opportunity. She's going to see him three months out of a 12-month window, which, let's be honest, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so... But that's just 
that's just the reality of med school. It's the reality of life and any job that you have. There are going to be aspects of it that you do not like, that you have to work through. Um, and you also have to be cognizant of this is your job and what you say and how you portray, your, portray yourself to those in, in, within that environment matters. And Go I, home and complain about it all you want to your spouse, your girlfriend, your family, fellow students. That's fine. Like, you're all in that together. They're there to support you. But don't do it outside of that grouping because it's going to reflect badly on, not only on you but on other people. Yeah, and I guess to highlight that a little bit more, it's also like if you think of somebody who says they went to Harvard... Like, you don't really have to know much more. I mean, you, you, you sure, maybe you do want to know more about the individual, but as soon as someone says, I went to Harvard, you already have a picture in your mind. Somebody who has excelled in academics, has, has stands out from their original cohort as exceptional. Like, you don't need to know much more besides that credential, Harvard. And... On the flip side of that, if you take it at a different school, and let's say Ross, and like Ross, like you're gonna have a different picture in your mind. So like, just imagine that you're on these rotations with these preceptors that they already have a picture kind of painted in their mind. The last thing you want to do is paint it worse, or like tell them like it's an etch a sketch, shake it up, draw it worse. Like <laughs> so they're like don't, because you want people to think highly. Because again, like you. You're not going to be able to meet everybody who's going to make a decision on where you go in life. Like, you do these residency applications. A lot of people making decisions on whether or not you make the rank list. Some of them haven't even met you. Maybe they just read a few things that you you submitted, but they haven't talked to you. And even in the interviews, I've only had conversations with certain people who are going to make massive decisions on my life for like 20 minutes. So they're going to make a decision whether I match at that residency after a 20-minute conversation, well, what else do they have to go on? They have my grades, obviously, my steps one and two scores, and uh, my dean's letter, my letters of recommendation, but they also have my school's name. And so if you have, if, if your predecessors have built a good reputation for your school, that's going to carry a little extra weight. That's going to take you a little bit further. But if your predecessors bad-mouthed your institution all day, well, they're going to go, well, this person might have, you know, the previous student who we picked up did okay, but, like, maybe they were the exception. Maybe the, the general rule is that it's not so good. And so you don't do any favors for the people coming behind you, and that's really what you should be really kind of focusing on. And then again, like Karen mentioned, this this particular preceptor was a former a uh, associate dean well he probably still has friends like and he still will talk to his friends and he maybe there's going to be one or two students that stood out to him as brilliant but he's going to take the aggregate of us students and what we've told him and then when he's sitting back and chatting with his friends who might be still on admissions committees he's oh yeah i see these these kids that come from this school and they all have this. They all do this. So they all like he's gonna start making generalizations. And like again, the last thing you wanna do is reinforce a negative generalization. So that's just my advice. Uh take it or leave it. I, I think it's uh um I, I feel very strongly that 
medical school is hard. The, me- the path to becoming a doctor is incredibly difficult, and uh, it's not always very clear at the onset of all the things you're going to have to do and all the hoops you're going to have to jump to- through to- in order to become a doctor until you kind of get through this life. That's why I think a lot of it, um, a lot of advising, a lot of counseling and mentoring is kind of lacking when it comes to people who are pre-med and considering a medical school is why we do this podcast. So, but at the end of the day, like, it's already hard enough without someone making it harder. <laughs> it's already hard enough without you, without somebody just bad-mouthing it and then like making your, your chances harder. Are you, wouldn't it just be easier or better if everyone just tried to removing some of the stumbling blocks that they went through and make it easier for the people behind them because like some struggles make you better some struggles are just struggles you don't need (laughs) you don't need this in order to be a better person so like you don't need a bunch of people thinking that caribbean students are subpar to become a better doctor maybe that lights a little bit of fire under you and helps you study but like, wouldn't it just be easier if they just associated your particular school with exceptionally, uh, exemplary students and uh, helped you get a little, a little bit of an edge so that you can continue to work hard and become a good doctor? That, that's um, essentially the point of this podcast is that I'm trying to remove some mystery of the, the path of medical school to becoming a doctor so that when you get to that stage, you can just figure, you don't have to jump through all the same hoops I do. You already know what's going to happen and you can be prepared. Um, I think probably should wrap it up for the day. We have our pizza just arrived. Um, <laughs> If you want to follow us on Instagram, we have MedFamilyMD is the Instagram handle. Um, Karen curates that. So if you have any questions, comments, concerns, send them that way. Karen, um, obviously, if something comes through, Karen lets me know, and then we can address it together. Uh, and then, of course, if you want to listen to our podcast, we have our podcast on all the major streaming and podcast sites, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon. Uh, and all the little minor ones too. So uh, go ahead and subscribe to us. That would be great. Uh, We will talk to you guys next week. Have a good week, guys.